0: Sugar Creek family how's everybody doing today all right you guys sound like you're still asleep uh, you didn't have eight o'clock service so you had your coffee you had your breakfast uh, I'll try this one more time how's everybody doing this morning yeah, we have a reason to be excited because we stand in a sacred place at the end of a year right at the precipice of a new year And no matter how good or bad your year might have been, Nick, it was good for you. I can tell Um, you have expectation of something even more for the future. So for the next couple of seconds, I'd love for us to just put on our minds the goodness of God throughout this year, the things that he has done for us, the things that he has seen us through. That's a great place because I understand that I wasn't called to stay there, but he saw me through it. And I believe that warrants a praise to God today because of everything that he's seen us through. I think somebody over here is excited. I need this side to catch up with them. Is anyone excited about what God has already done? And with a sneaky expectation, I think that we stand on the brink of something even greater. Amen. One amen. I believe that for you. Me and you. It's just me and you. That's all right. Well, good morning. My name is Johnny Moore. I have the privilege of serving as the group's pastor here at our Sugar Land campus. And I'm so excited for the opportunity that Pastor Mark has given me to speak on this last sermon of the year. Uh, he could have picked anybody, but I'm so grateful um, that he picked me. On second thought, Pastor Xavier's on vacation. Pastor Tim's on vacation. I don't see Pastor Ender in here. By process of elimination, I'm the only thing you got, so you're stuck with me. Is that all right? Uh, (laughs) Thank you. That's my eight-man corner over there. I owe y'all brunch or something. Y'all my people over there. Uh, But I'm excited for the opportunity to um, just be able to speak to you. I have to be very, very honest with you and transparent with you. Um, unlike most of you my 2023 mr. Fick was not as good as I thought it should have been maybe I'm by myself I had uh, some high goals I had some um, very high expectations Vana, of the new year but 2023 didn't look like my vision board anybody still do vision boards all right that's just me by myself too Yeah, I I cut out all of the pictures of what I thought 2023 would look like, but lo and behold, 2023 was more or has been more of a roller coaster for me. Uh, Some highs, I, I finished and have completed now two years of being on staff here at Sugar Creek. I'm really grateful to God for that. I've seen our young adult ministry, the collective, triple in attendance on Tuesday nights. I've seen 20 young adults uh, give their lives through baptism. I've had an opportunity to go to Japan. That's a, a great place for us to shout and clap. I had an opportunity to take those same young adults to Japan, Aaron and I, and to see people give their life to Christ and to share the gospel. But I've also seen some very low lows. Some dark places, some places of great loss, separation. And it left me if I could be very transparent. And I know the pastor normally is not transparent, it doesn't uh, uh, let you see behind the scenes, but 2023, for me, Reggie, left me sometimes wondering if God still saw me, wondering wondering if God could grant me any level of peace when my mind was tormented, perplexed with the future. Asking God for grace Asking God for strength to survive, asking God for wisdom to take the lessons from this year and not squander them, but be able to become a better man, a better person, a better father, a better son, a better brother, a better uncle, a better leader, a better Christian, a better follower of Jesus Christ. But in the midst of that, I don't know if anyone else is in the room like me, I encountered a fight a fight in my emotions a fight in my mind because I know that I serve a good God but sometimes even though I serve a good God I've experienced some bad things and I'm wrestling in my mind and I'm going back and forth saying God I know that you have called me to preach your word but how can I give a gospel of good news and hope to people while I'm suffering I'm isolated not insulated but I'm isolated I've separated myself from everyone because I can't hold up the church face long enough I can't smile for so long knowing that there are many nights that I had tears in my eyes not understanding what the trajectory of my life would be because now I have to start over relationally in my life in my 40s God what in the world are you doing this is not according to the timeline this is not according to my plans this was not on my vision board and I'm asking God I know that you're a great God I know that you're a good God but why does a good God allow me to experience these bad things I had to fight had to fight through some low places had to fight to get back to a place to where I had hope in God again I had to fight in the place of my faith to believe that no matter what I faced in life, that the Bible is true. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God will deliver us out of them all." I thought that would be a better place for someone to say amen there. And while I was thinking about this fight, I thought about one of my favorite movies. One of my favorite movies, I I like action movies. You, you like action movies, too? Um, I, I like suspenseful uh, movies and, and arguably one of uh, the greatest sports and entertainment movies. It, it debuted in December of 1976. It's entitled Rocky. Anybody else like Rocky? Yeah. I'm a guy. I can be in the other room, Mr. Crawford, and I, I can hear the music and I get excited. Dun, da, da, dun, da, dun, da, da, dun. Okay, that's just me. Y'all pray pray for me. <laughs> um, I get excited about uh, the movie, although I've seen it 979 times, I can tell you the lines before he quotes them. I know what's about to happen, but I'm excited about uh, this movie. He, he, he did six Rockies. Six Rockies. No one remembers the six one. it wasn't that good. Um, that's why someone's like, no, Johnny, that, that, it wasn't six. Yeah, it was six. Uh, he, he faced great opponents. Apollo Creed, twice. Mr. T. Ivan Brago. I will break you. Okay, <laughs> I told you. You'll just look over me. We, we're just going to talk this morning. Um, uh, Tommy Gunn, one of the last ones he faced. And uh, what I like most, Miss Crawford, about the movies is not the actual fight but it was the preparation for the fight. Um, man, you you, my friend, I got one amen over here. Everybody else just looking at me like, is something on my face? Um, the preparation of the fights intrigued me most. Rocky had a mentor or a trainer named Mick. Mick would have Rocky doing some of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. He would have him chasing after chickens. Anybody remember that? He'd have him punching a punching bag with his left arm behind his back. He'd have him running throughout the city for miles and miles at a time, running up steps. I'm wondering, what in the world does this have to do with boxing? Okay, maybe I understand. We're not only diverse ethnically, but we're diverse generationally so many of y'all don't know who in the world rocky is let me help you uh there's a spin-off from rocky called creed any young people like me know creed thank you sir creed is a spin-off from rocky rocky is the old italian that has a restaurant that is he is now mentoring creed michael b jordan anybody know him Crete now has three um, Debuts a-, a wonderful wonderful. I- I'm one- waiting and I'm praying by faith that a fourth one will come out um, I-, I just enjoy it But would you know the mentor or the mentee becomes the mentor to a new mentee and in this spinoff He has him doing some crazy things to train for the fight as well He, he takes a sledgehammer and he is banging on a monster truck tire. What in the world does that have to do with boxing? He's running after a car only to fall to his knees because of exhaustion. And what I learned from this, Nick, was that it's not all about the fight if you don't prioritize the preparation. I think that life introduces fights. To us. And sometimes we throw in the towel prematurely because we have not put in the work to prepare for the inevitable fights that we will face in life. So within this new year of 2024 I don't have any promises of a new car or a new house I don't have a promise of promotion but one thing I can promise you that there will be places of adversity that you will face there will be places that will blindside you that you would have never seen coming but for every dark dismal tough place that you could face in life, God has set for us a place of preparation to get us in shape, to build some muscles that we're going to need to win the fight. So in the scripture, uh, there's, there's a mentor and a mentee by the name of Moses and Jacob. Uh, uh, The people of Israel the children of Israel their army goes into a fight or a battle The battle that they go in Rick is with the Amalekites Amalekites this is interesting because the Israelites and the Amalekites are descendants of Jacob and Esau hmm Jacob and Esau were found fighting with each other and then generations later there are still fights that are going on within these two entities can I tell you just as a point of reflection this is not even one of my notes I'll give you this for free some of the fights that you will face in life are not because of anything that you have done But can I submit to you for your careful consideration that some fights that you will face in life are generational. There are fights that have come down your bloodline, and now God wants to see you get the victory over things that your grandparents didn't have victory over, that your parents didn't have victory over, that your cousins haven't seen the victory over. But the buck stops with you, and I am believing by faith that 2024 will allow us to see victories over generational curses, victory over... generational traditions that have plagued our families for long enough so now Moses tells Jacob Jacob I'm going on the top of the hill and I want you to go down in the valley and I want you to fight Jacob is an up-and-coming fighter he has aspirations to be a leader One day, he will take the place of Moses. But even in generations, there are also generational responsibilities. This this is important for all of my grandmothers and fathers out there. There's a responsibility on your generation. There's a responsibility for you to lead my generation. To show us through example the victories that you have seen in your life that will show as uh, places of evidence of encouragement for me and my generation and the generation that comes after me that, to know that if God was able to do it for you, he is able to do it for me as well. So Moses says, Joshua, go down to the valley and I want you to fight and I'll go to the hill. And that's where our story picks up in Exodus the 17th chapter Exodus 17 I'll read the 10th through the 15th verse and this is what it says so Joshua fought the Amalekites not Jacob Joshua my bad we all on the same page now all right awesome because you were looking at me like I was speaking in Greek and I was wondering I thought that was a biblical character, but it was the wrong one. Sorry. So Joshua, not Jacob, fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady until sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this on a scroll as something to be remembered, and make sure that Joshua hears it. Because I will completely blot out the memory of Amalek from under the heaven. Verse 15, Moses built an altar and called it the Lord is my banner. The Bible gives us, I believe, some keys to see victory for our next fight. I did say you're next fight because it's inevitable that all of us will fight and struggle and wrestle with something. You're you're in one of three places right now. Either you're in a fight right now, you've just come out of a fight, or newsflash, you're about to go into a fight. And if this word is not for you and not for this current season of your life, I just want you to take the notes and put it in your back pocket because there is a future coming attraction to where you will face a fight in some area of your life and you will need keys to win the fight of life. And I believe this story gives us three keys. Three keys. And I'll let you go and prepare to party tonight. Three, three keys to win. Your next battle our first key I believe that we see in this scriptural text is in verse 11 it's remembering God's past provision It's to remember God's past provision why, why do you say that Johnny I, I don't see that in verse 11 it shows us where Moses held up his hands And as long as Moses held up his hands the children of Israel saw the victory but as soon as his hands went down they saw defeat when his hands were lifted they were victorious when his hands were down they were defeated what would give Moses this unction to begin to raise his hands in the middle of a fight it, it didn't sound like a good war tactic it did not sound like a good thing to do in the middle of war but he raised his hands because he had a previous encounter with a hard situation it's found in exodus the 14th chapter where he is trapped in between the red sea that is in front of him And the Egyptian army that is behind him and the Bible says that Moses lifts up his hand with the staff in his hand and when he lifts up his hand the Red Sea begins to part can I tell you your disposition in life does matter Maybe you're not seeing the victory in your life because your disposition has gone from a place of praise and worship and gratefulness to God for the things that he is doing in your life and it has gone to a place to where you begin to soak on what's not going right complaining about what's going wrong complaining about what you don't have murmuring and complaining against God questioning why I am where I am right now but God wants our disposition to be unwavering to where we can think back on the goodness of God and the things that he has already done in our lives and with that thought and that memory in mind we can lift up our hands not based on everything going well but based on we knowing that we serve a great God and he is greatly to be praised not for the bad things but for him being a good God and despite the bad things that I face in life I know that if I hold out God will see me through in his time and in his will it is not up to me to chart the course of my own life I'm too excited it's not up to me to rewrite the script of my life because my Bible tells me that he is the author and the finisher hear this of my faith So the first key to winning, the next fight is remembering. Remembering, I'm sorry. Remembering God's past provisions. I, I get emotional sometimes when I think back over my life and I see the great things That God has done for me hear this in spite of me the goodness of God the grace of God and the mercy of God does not give us what we rightfully deserve that's 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 his mercy withholding from us the rightful judgment that we deserve but his grace is the thing that gives us what we don't rightfully deserve. If you have nothing else to be thankful for at the end of this year, as you're preparing for the next fight, you should thank God for his grace and his mercy. You should thank God for what he held back from you and you should thank God for what he delivered to you that you know you don't rightfully deserve. One key to winning the next fight, winning the next battle is to remember God's past provision. Not only remembering God's past provision, but we must recognize God's people. We must recognize God's people. I'm in the scripture, verse 12. Because no man is an island. You cannot make it through this life on your own. That's a misnomer. The devil wants to isolate you and get you by yourself so he can work on your mind so you have no positive reinforcement to bring you out of a situation that you don't have the strength enough to walk away from. So in this next season of your life, as you're preparing, you need to build your spiritual community. You need to prioritize to no longer have people that are leeches and are sucking you dry of your joy, sucking you dry of your peace, exasperating all of your energy and say, Lord, in this new year, I want you to send me some people that will push me into my purpose. That would encourage me to step out on faith. That will remind me that I still serve a good God, no matter the bad situations that I may face in life. We need to prioritize God's people. Is it the text? Because in verse twelve, what ha- what happens? Moses is up on the hill. His arms are lifted. As long as his arms are lifted, the children of Israel are winning. When his arms go down, they begin to face defeat, and something happens. That a lot of us believers, a lot of us churchgoers, a lot of us Christians will not admit. Can I tell you what it is? Moses gets tired. Okay, I'll say that again. Moses is called, Moses has a grace over his life. Moses has the power to bring out millions of enslaved people out of Egypt, but even in this moment, he grows tired. Can we normalize in 2024 the fact that even Christians get tired? Sometimes I don't feel like coming to preach. Sometimes I get tired of praying for other people's problems when I have my own issues. Sometimes I get tired of wondering what God is going to do for someone else that I am leading, and I'm wondering what God is going to do for me. Sometimes I get tired. Will you allow me to be just real this morning? Sometimes I get exhausted. Even though I know it's the right thing to do, I get tired of doing it because I don't see the results in my timing, and I get tired. I grow weary. I'm wondering when God will bring me out of this situation. I'm wondering when God will fix this circumstance. I'm wondering when God will deliver my tormented mind and I grow tired. Is there anybody in here like me that grows tired? Some of you didn't clap. (laughs) And I'm wondering are you, you know, telling the truth in church? (laughs) I. I'm wondering what what type of secret serum you have that allows you to go through the vicissitudes of life and never feel overwhelmed Never feel the brunt of responsibility to weigh solely on your shoulders Men when you have the responsibility of your household And then now you have the life of your parents that are retiring and getting in this this, this, this space of life to where you're now a caretaker for them while you have children of your own and you have a spouse of your own and you're wondering how can I shoulder this responsibility? Amen. How in the world am I tying the tie of a man that taught me how to tie a tie? Now spaces in life have shifted and they've changed and have grown tired but if you're going to win this next fight, you need to prioritize God's people Because Aaron and her bring a stone and they sit it under Moses. They make him comfortable in his call because his call is to be a connection to heaven so that they can win the war on earth. Can I tell you in your community, you need some people that can pray to God, that can intercede for you when you don't have the strength enough to pray for yourself. You need some people that can pull you through, some people that can pat you on the back, even some people that will kick you. the preachers just say that because you stayed in that place long enough and you soaked and you've been in a depressed place long enough and they need to kick you back into reality need to prioritize God's people last point and I'm gone if we're going to win the next fight we must remember God's past provisions Number two, we must prioritize God's people. Thirdly and finally, I promise you, that's all I got. We must stand on God's promises. We must stand on God's promises because the winds and waves of life will cause you to waver at times. But there's nothing wrong with rocking and reeling as long as you have a firm foundation to stand on. On Christ, the solid. I sure wish I had a church here. Uh, on Christ. The solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. Relationships may sink. Jobs may sink. Friendships may sink. Marriages may dissolve. But the word of God and his power for our lives will remain forever. I stand on the solid rock of God. Stand on a solid rock of his promise what is his promise what is His promise you ready for his promise it's in verse 14 it says then the Lord said to Moses write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven he says I will completely blot out the name of your enemy He says, I will completely block out the memory of every dead-end relationship that you were in. Holla if you hear me in here. I, I, I will blot out every negative place that you've ever faced in your life because I no longer want you to focus on the negativity of your past only to look back and see what I brought you from. Because if he did it before, thank you so much, he can do it again. For The Bible says he's the same God And if he is the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore, his power to rescue me still remains the same. His power to heal me still remains the same. His power to reconcile my marriage still remains the same. His power to bring in my wayward child still remains the same. His power for me to see promotion still remains the same. His power to give me peace in tempestuous storms still remains the same. so we need to stand on God's promise with the five minutes and two seconds I have left um, I, I I was a bit confused that in this scripture the Bible says verse 15 Moses erected and built an altar the altar was to commemorate The victory that they saw over the Amalekites but he named it the Lord is my banner Paula that 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 confused me Uh, because if I'm going into war that doesn't seem like a weapon maybe that's just me that I would bring to a fight maybe I was expecting this is just me and you, Ms. Croft. I was expecting that he would say, the Lord is my shield. The, the Lord is my sword. He, he's a mighty battle axe. He says, the Lord is my banner. <laughs> um, God, uh, I know you know all things, you're omniscient, um, but why would you... Refer to yourself as a banner, Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is our banner." What well, to understand is, you must understand the context of the time, in this Old Testament context before they would go into war, before they would send in the soldiers, before they would send in the troops, they would send out a man on a horse with a banner. This banner served a twofold purpose. This banner, number one, showed the enemy that we were about to face all of the list of victories of battle that God had allowed us to see before. And now as we come into this battle, I'm showing my enemy what God has already done for us in battle. Can I tell you as you meander to the new year of 2024, don't forget your banner. Don't forget the list of victories that God has already shown you don't forget the things that God has already done for you Don't forget the ways that God has made for you twofold. It was to show the enemy The victories that they would already seen in 1986 Michael Jordan says when he went into the Boston Garden for the first time to play in the playoffs against the Boston Celtics for a brief moment He grew intimidated because as he was warming up, he looked up in the rafters and he saw 16 championship banners. Why why would a piece of cloth intimidate, arguably, based on your generation, the greatest... (laughs) I don't want to get in trouble the, the greatest NBA player of all time because he saw how they had been victorious and it caused him to second guess whether or not he could see the victory in this arena based on their past victories can I pronounce something over you that every enemy that you will face in the new year will not see you but they'll see the God that you fight with Because I need to announce something to you as I hasten to a close. You, in this new year, in your next fight, you are not fighting for the victory. Yes, in this new year, you are not fighting for the victory, you are fighting from the victory you are not fighting to see what the end is going to be in this matter, because we already know that greater is he that is in me than is he that is in the world I am not fighting for the victory I am fighting from a place of victory I am victorious I am an overcomer through Jesus the Christ and if he has done it for me before he will do it again for me in his time and in his will With the 26 seconds I have left, I-, I couldn't fit a banner in my little car. So, so, so I got me the closest thing I can get to a banner. I got a receipt book. I got a receipt book, um, and what I do is every time God allows me to see a victory in a situation or a circumstance that I didn't think I could see my way out of, I write it on my receipt book. Um, when I remember the feelings of low self-esteem and depression and how he brought me out of it, I, I write it in my receipt book. When I remember how he opened an opportunity for me to come to Sugar Creek When my resume did not substantiate it, but it was nothing but the goodness and grace of God that I even stand before you, I write it in my receipt book. Can I encourage you that before you go into the new year, just think back over everything that God did for you in 2023 and get your receipt book out. Maybe you don't have a receipt book. Um, This was for my mom. Hey, Mom. Um, She she still liked to write stuff down. She sent me uh, to the grocery store to get some food for Christmas, and uh, she said, "Uh, Johnny, let me write down a list. I said, Mom, you got a thing called Notes app. Anybody got a mama like me? Um, You you can just type it in the Notes app and send it to me. She said, no, I feel better writing it down. Because when I write it down, I can mark it off as I go. And as you go through every month of the new year, I want you to flip back through your receipt book and see the ways that God has made for you. Because every fight that you will face in this new year, I guarantee you, He has already done it for you in your past. As a matter of fact, I want you to take 10 seconds and write down a victory that you have seen in this year. Come on, write it down. You're still looking at me. Write it down. Type it in. Write it down. Type it in. Write it down type it in as quickly as you can I don't have any time I'm already over my time I'm in trouble I need you to write it down and as soon as you have it I want you to lift it up lift it up really really high really really high higher than I stand tall come on very very high thank you so very much thank you so very much I appreciate that continue to lift it up all over the room all over the room why am I having you lift this up because your neighbor on your road needs to see somebody else that has survived some things Your neighbor on your road needs to see that God has not just done it for me But he has done it for someone else and in case you're waiting on God to give you the victory in the fight that you're facing I want you to look around this room. I want you to look at the signs of victory I want you to look at the electronic banners that we have in our congregation That show the goodness of God that show the mercy of God that shows the power of God to do exceedingly abundantly over anything we can ask or or even think it is in your banner. You will see the victory based on what he has already done If you believe that give him praise and glory in the house of God There's victory for your new year there's victory for your next fight you're an overcomer You're not fighting for it. You're fighting from it. Victory over depression, victory over anxiety, victory over stress, victory over worry, victory over marital issues, victory over your kids' issues, victory over career issues. Lord, give us the victory. Give us victory. Even over those tough fights with our temptations, give us victory over those thoughts that plague our minds? Would you grant us the victory? And if you don't do another thing, would you help us to remember what you've already done that would serve as reassurance to what you are capable and what you will do in your plan and in your time? We thank you for all of these things. And we praise you in advance. Because we believe you to do the great thing in our life. And if you believe that, I want you to clap your hands and give God praise and glory in this place. Come on, I need to hear some victorious people in here. Some people that believe that 2024 is going to absolutely blow your mind. Is there anyone that's victorious here in Sugar Creek? Anyone online believing that God will give you the victory in every area of your life? Even if you don't feel victorious, I want you to walk like it. You know, I'm not very tall, but every now and then when I feel confident in God, I begin to walk tall. Y'all laugh too hard at me. As we stand and we get ready to leave, I want us to remember what God has done. Reprioritize God's people, the strength of community, and stand on God's promise. Thank you so much for being here today before we leave we have a wonderful motto that we say at the end of service and i want this to resonate with you as we come out of this old year and go into a new year and i pray that god will grant you safety i pray that god would block the hand of every robber and thief not just of material possessions but every robber and thief of your emotions your peace your joy, your sense of tranquility, I pray that he would safeguard you from everything, every person, place, and thing that wants to steal the joy that he wants you to have. Come on, let's say our purpose. Our purpose is to love and lead all people to life change in Christ. God bless you. Happy New Year to you.